Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise ye the Lord. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, today we're going to go into a part number eight of the series entitled Healing is the Children's Bread. We've been having a dynamic time in this series, and I pray that you have been too. Today's subtitle asks the question, who's following me? Today, my friends, we're going to talk about signs and wonders. Jesus says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And one of the signs is they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. You know, we've got to talk about this. So we're going to have a great time today and I'm grateful that you are here. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find today's message in its entirety, as well as the entire series. So check it out today. And if you have a smart TV or a Roku device, find us there in the channel store. Just search for Kingdom Rock TV and you will find us right there. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message that asks the question, who's following me? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. And I, I want to encourage all of you that even as, um, even as you hear my voice, I want you to hear the voice of the Spirit uh, that speaks. Because sometimes when God, you know, he's, uh, when we're in the message, we're here, and the Holy Spirit can be speaking to you about a point that we made several minutes ago and you're still there with him you know he can take you from your seat and take you somewhere else in thought uh, so I want to just encourage you to hear the voice of the spirit hear the voice of the spirit because in this atmosphere this atmosphere is conducive for hearing the word of God hearing the word of God not just the preached not just the preached word of God uh, but the word that God is speaking in your heart and in your spirit, man. So I want to encourage you just to engage, um, not only hear uh, the preached word, but hear what the spirit of God is saying to your heart as the word of God comes forth. Because once you're in an atmosphere of hearing, I mean, you'll hear the Lord in more ways than just over the over the sound system. You'll hear him uh, in the sound system of your heart. So. Be expecting today to hear from the Lord, not only through the computer, through your cell phone or through here in this room, but be expected to hear from God as he speaks to your heart. Amen. That's a good idea, too, if possible, to have something to write with and write some things down as he speaks to you. So it's time to live. It's time to live. It's time to listen, listen to hear what the Lord is saying. Then the I and live is the L is listen. The I is to interpret. Okay, I hear what he's saying. Now let me interpret what he's saying. What does that mean to me? Um, and then it, and it goes on down. Um, you know, V, of course, the Lord's going to validate your word. We're going to say that today. He's going to validate your word. And then he's going to help you to experience. He's going to help you to experience uh, what, uh, yeah, we're going to find the thing of value. Thank you. We're going to find what's something of value in what he's saying. And then the E, of course, we're going to experience. Uh, we're going to go out and experience the word. So I pray that you're ready. All right. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this day and uh, for everything that you have done and what you're doing right now through us and with us. Lord, we just pray that you would speak this morning by your spirit. And we thank you, Lord, in advance that you have. We thank you for the miracles, signs and wonders that will follow the ministry of your word. Father, I step out of the way. 
And I ask, Lord God, that you would just speak through this vessel of clay, that you would speak to all of our hearts, that you would have your way in this place. We give this moment, this day, this hour, this time to you and all others that follow. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, as you know, we've been speaking from the subject of, from the, the series, from the series titled, um, Healing is the Children's Bread. Healing is the Children's Bread. And today we're going to subtitle this, Who's Following Me? Who's following me? There's somebody, I pray that there's someone following you. You're going to find out who we're talking about in just a few moments. Who's following me? Who's following me? Before we get really started, I need James, if you would, give me a bottle of water there in the back. Oh, it's so good to be refreshed. Online community, you can go ahead and get you something to drink, too, if you want to. Oh, it's so good to be refreshed. Hallelujah. So he's going to get that for me. So I've asked James to do that. If you would put it right over there for me, I would appreciate it. Okay, right there in that, or right there on that stool. I would appreciate that. So, uh, again, we're speaking uh, today from the subtitle of Who's Following me. Who's following me? Now, I want you to see some things prophetically as we get started. See some things prophetically. I want you not only to hear, but I want you to see as well. I want you to see as well. Uh, James, if you would, would you give me a bottle of water uh, there and put it right there in, on my seat for you, for me? I would appreciate that so very much. Hallelujah. I appreciate that so very much. It's so good. Sometimes you just feel thirsty and you just got to have something to drink. You just got to have something to drink. So when there's a need, there's a need, you know, it's like in prayer. You ask the Lord, you know. So I'm thankful that the Father's always faithful, you know, to send somebody that can help you in the time of need. All right. So, again, speak from the subject of who's following me, who's following me, who's following me. Oh, my goodness. Before we get started, once again, I'm sorry, it feels like a broken record. James, would you would you grab me a bottle of water there? Would you grab me a bottle of water there in the back? And would you would you put it right there on the stool for me? Would you would you put it right there on the stool for me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm asking him and I thank I thank James for. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of you begin to look at me mighty strange. Those of you who are just listening um, by way of um, uh, the phone ministry or later on by CD, you're wondering what's happening now. Where well, I've just asked James three times uh, to give me a bottle of water. And uh, this is the point that I saw the Lord showed me. Uh, why continue to ask for something that you've already received? Why continue to ask for something that you've already received, right? James was looking a bit frustrated. He was looking curious because right now, every time I asked, see that I see right here on this bench that there are three bottles of water. I asked him three times and he was faithful to do it. I probably could have asked him five more times and he would have, would have done it then as well. He was faithful to give me those three. I want you to see this and I want you to hear the question, why continue to ask for something you've already received? Is that scripture? Sure it is. Let's go to the book of Mark. Let's go to Mark. Mark 11. Mark 11. Uh, let's read uh, verses 20 through 22 through 25. This is how it reads here. Uh, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that 
Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he, shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven it may forgive you your trespasses. Now let me bring that a little bit closer home to you. I love the way uh, the God's Word translation brings it out. So listen to, that for, listen to those same scriptures out of the God's Word translation. Uh, verse 22, Jesus said, unto, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. I guarantee this truth. I love that. I guarantee this truth. This is what will be done for someone who doesn't doubt, but believes what he says will happen. He can say to this mountain, be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it will be done for him. Look at verse 24. That's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received whatever you pray for, and it will be yours. Let me say that one more time. That's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received whatever you pray for, and it will be yours. Let me read that one more time. That's so powerful. That's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received whatever you pray for, and it will be yours. Whenever you pray, forgive anything you have against anyone. Then your Father in heaven will forgive your failures. So again, why continue to ask? We're talking about healing. You've asked God for healing. You've asked him to heal you. And just like James was faithful, well, let me say it this way, the Father is even more faithful than James. Some of you may not, you may not understand that, but the Father is more faithful than James. I asked and it was in his will, and he supplied it for me. Amen. We asked for healing. Healing is in the Father's will, and he supplied it for you. Yes. But we continue to ask and ask and ask and ask. So the Lord gave me that question to give you, give you this morning, among many others. Why continue to ask for something that you've already received? Instead, give God thanks. Give him thanks. Now, my back was turned to the, to the chair there, to the bench, and I couldn't see James physically put the bottle in place. But I believe that he did. I believe that he did. I can't see, you may not see God physically or even feel sometimes when the Lord has healed you, but you have to believe that he did. Hallelujah. You have asked, and the Lord said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that shall I do. You've asked, and you believe that God is faithful. Amen. You believe that God is faithful, so the Lord has heard your request, and he has placed your water, your healing, whatever you're asking for, that's, in, that's according to his will. We're talking in the context of healing, because we're in this series, healing is the children's bread. Healing belongs to you. You've asked for it, and the Lord has placed that there. But we keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking. That demonstrates to the Father, really, that we really do not believe. Instead, what should we do? We should thank him. Thank you, Lord, for the bottle of water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We should begin to celebrate him, and then we should ask God for wisdom and how to interact with it. Amen. 
Because we know it's here. We know it's here. It's kind of like you're in a dark room. You're in a dark room. And uh, there's a flashlight. Uh, let's say you're in a dark room or, and, uh, and someone throws you, I don't know why they would do it, but they would throw this, let's say they rolled a flashlight into the room on the floor. Well, it's dark and the flashlight is off. How are you going to find it? I mean, you called out, send me a flashlight. And they so generously said, okay, and rolled a flashlight into the dark room. Well, your answer is in the dark room. You have what you've asked for. You can celebrate. Thank you. Thank you for my flashlight. Hallelujah. I can see. I can see. I can see. Hallelujah. But then you got to know how to interact with it. Where is it? How do I, where do I find it? Because it's yours. You have it. Is anybody in something I'm talking about? It's there. You have it. You possess it. So ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, how can I interact with this? Show me how I can interact with this. Give me wisdom. Give me grace to interact with the thing that you've given unto me. All right, so you celebrate him. Hallelujah. You celebrate him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I've received my healing. Thank you, Lord. I've received my healing from cancer. Thank you, Lord. I've received my healing from high blood pressure, fibromyalgia. I've received my healing from diabetes, whatever the condition is. I receive my healing from back pains and toe pains and ear pains and foot pains. Lord, I receive my healing. I receive my healing, whatever the condition is. Thank you, Lord. I believe I receive it. I have it. Hallelujah. Even though you haven't seen, James put the bottle over there. But you believe that God is more faithful than James. Are you hearing? So you've got it. So ask God, all right, Lord, how do I interact with it? All right, Lord, may say, back up, back up, back up, back up. All right, now put your arm down. Put your left arm down there and feel around. Oh, you grab that water and it's nice and cold and you open that bottle. Hold on a second. Still, I'm still not looking at the bottle, but I'm, um, and now it's dripping all down there. And then you go ahead and, oh, that's so good. Now I can enjoy what's been given to me. Amen. Somebody get that? Now I can enjoy what's been given unto me. Hallelujah. I can put that down there under the pulpit and get my little napkin. I waste the water everywhere. All right. Praise the Lord. You got it? Yes. Hallelujah. You got it? Come on, let's celebrate the Lord. You got it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the question is again, why continue to ask for something that you have already received? So that's the principle that not only goes for healing, but it goes for uh, other areas of your life. Why continue to ask when you have already received? Amen. Amen. You only ask when you haven't received. Well, how do you know you haven't received? You say, well, I still feel the pain. Does, that, does, the, does the pain tell you that you haven't received? No. No, it doesn't. The doctor reports say I haven't received. No, 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 it doesn't either. No, it doesn't either. You believe by faith that you have received it, and the Bible says you'll have it. It will definitely manifest in your life, but you have to believe. Amen? Go back to word translation and say that one more time, verse 24. Uh, rather, in the uh, God's word translation, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, and then we'll go on. It says, that's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received whatever you pray for, and it will be yours. Amen? The Bible says, again, uh, that whatever we ask the Father in his will, he hears us. 
We know that healing is his will for your life. That's, that's no question. Healing is the will of God for your life. All right, well, we're going to go on today and uh, continue to speak from the subject of who's following me. Now, in order to do that, I've got to read to you the entire Mark 16 chapter, Mark 16. There's only 20 verses here, and I know God has given us grace because I've asked for it. Hallelujah. I've asked for grace. So we're going to read the entire 16th chapter here of the book of Mark to bring you a certain point. It's going to take the whole chapter to do that. So uh, Mark 16, Mark 16 and verse number one, and it says this. And when the Sabbath was Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Solomon, uh, had uh, brought uh, brought us sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning of the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said, um, they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone uh, from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a white uh, rather clothed in long white garment and they were they were frightened frightened verse 6 and he said unto them be not affrighted uh, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth which was crucified he is risen he is not here behold the place where they lay him but go your way tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee there shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Verse 9. Now when Jesus was risen early, or yet yeah, now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Now we're going to stop this for a second. Mary uh, encountered the risen Lord. Now, we talked about this earlier. There was a, a thing I was really just seeking God about um, because Jesus, when he entered the earth in physical form there out of Mary, when he was born of a virgin, Mary, uh, you know, Mary, his mother's name was Mary, right? Okay, I just said that. Praise the Lord. All right, so she was the first to embrace him in his birth. And then Mary, another Mary, Mary Magdalene, in whom he had cast out seven devils, was the first to embrace him or to see him at his resurrection. Matter of fact, there were two Marys, as we see in Mark, that saw him at his resurrection. What's the importance of that? Well, especially we know that um, the first Mary that birthed him, she was pure. She was a virgin. But the last Mary that embraced him uh, she was the one that uh, the Lord cast out seven devils. Jesus made her pure through his ministry. The one was pure uh, at first, Mary, uh, the Virgin Mary. Then the last, of course, he made her pure through his ministry, through what he had done for her. This talks about the, uh, the first Mary talks about really the Old Testament church uh, being purified by their works. You know, and Mary was called pure because she remained pure. She, she uh, did what she had to do to remain that way. It was by her works. But the last Mary here was made pure by his word. So the Old Testament church talks about uh, Mary 
that was the virgin. But the New Testament church, us, we were made pure apart from our works by receiving his word. Hallelujah. Somebody got to understand that. That's extremely powerful. The two Marys. Hallelujah. All right. So we see that Jesus here uh, was seen of Mary. And then Mark goes down to verse number 10. But before we go to verse number 10, let's go to uh, John, the 20th chapter, John 20, verses 15 through 17. And we're going to see some of that conversation here because John brings it out. Jesus saith unto, Jesus saith unto her, uh, woman, why weepest thou? Uh, whom uh, seekest whom seekest thou she supposing him to be the gardener saith unto him sir if thou hast borne him hence tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away Jesus saith unto her Mary she turned herself and saith unto him Rabboni which is which is to say master Jesus saith unto her touch me not or don't cling to me for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Oh, say with me complete. Because here's something that Jesus has done for us here. And I love this right at the point, right at his resurrection. He turns things around because the Old Testament church could see them as could see uh, Jehovah God or Yahweh as God. They reference him, they reverenced him and referenced him as God. Jesus comes on the scene and says, he is my father. He is the only begotten son of God. He calls him father. Now after the resurrection, he says, I go to my God, your God and your God, my father and your father. Hallelujah. This has never been done before. He is father. Now we have a relationship with him. This only came about by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now let's go back into Mark. Won't you see that? Mark, let's go back into Mark, verse number 10. We're going to continue uh, to see what Mary and them uh, went through. So it says, verse 10 says, Mark 16, verse 10, it says, And um, she went and told them uh, that had been with him as they mourned and wept. Verse 11, And they, when they had heard that she was, rather, that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. Say, believe not. You can underline that in your Bible if you want to or take notes there. They believe not. She came with the word and they did not believe her. They believed not. Verse 12. After that, he appeared um, in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Say with me. Neither believed they them. That's right. So you can underline that if you would like. Verse 14. Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they said at meat and abraded them or he chastised them, rebuked them. He abraded them with their unbelief, say unbelief and hardness of heart because they what believed not uh, them which had uh, seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that what? Believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that what? Believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that what? Believe. In my name they shall uh, cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
Verse 19. So then after the Lord had uh, spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Awesome. Now, we already see, we asked the question earlier, and the title, the subtitle of today's message is, Who's Following Me? Who's Following Me? If you were perceptive, we, we found that in verse 17 and 20. The Bible says in verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Who's following me? Signs are following you. The signs. Verse 20 says, and the Lord Jesus went, uh, the Lord Jesus uh, was there with them, and he was uh, confirming his word with signs following. Who's following you? Signs, the signs. And he tells us what those signs are. Now, before we can get down into full understanding of that, we got to, uh, we, there's a reason why we read the entire chapter there in the book, uh, the, the entire chapter of Mark 16. There was a word that we repeated over, or the Lord repeats over and over and over in that text about seven times. Can anybody tell me what that word was? That's right. Believe, believe over and over and over again. He says, believe. So all of those, uh, the words believe here used in this text, uh, they're actually uh, three different Greek words, three different Greek words. So we're going to have to learn a little Greek this morning in order to bring out the full manifestation or the full flavor of this context. Because if we understand this, then you'll understand that one of the signs that will follow you is healing. The Lord said that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They're going to cast out devils and demons. Of course, they're going to speak with new tongues. Uh, they're going to take up serpents. And we'll, we'll talk if we have time today, we'll talk about what all those things mean. Uh, they'll speak, you know, like I said, speak of new tongues. They'll take up serpents. They're drinking a deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. And the very last sign and the word sign, we'll look at this. The word sign means a token. It is a mark of demarcation. It is something, the word sign says, um, something that separates you from the group. There's something different about you. So one of the signs that you are a follower of Christ, one of the signs that the Lord is working with you is that you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. I love that. Let's, before we go into the beliefs, let me, let me, let's go here for a moment, if you will. He said, one of the signs is that you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now, I love the word recover. If you're with us on last week, we talked about how uh, the born again believer, the church carries the covering of heaven, how you carry um, an atmosphere of heaven all around you. You carry an atmosphere, not just last week, but all throughout the series, we talked about uh, an atmosphere. You carry an atmosphere. You carry the covering of heaven. And as long as we stay under God's covering, then the wrath or the judgment that's in this world, the condemnation that's in this world will not come on us. And really how we can open the door to the enemy in our lives by simply removing ourselves from the covering. In other words, getting when we get out of the will of God for our lives, then stuff begins to happen. Are you hearing? Now, let me tell you this. Even though you're in the will of God for your life, even though you're doing exactly what God wants you to do, it does not mean that you will be exempt from trouble. Jesus did everything absolutely correct. 
And was the trouble was trouble there? Absolutely. But the apostles trouble was there. So the Lord Jesus even says that you receive a 100 fold blessing with persecution. So there's no there's no such thing as being a part of this life um, or there's no such thing as a life lived without trouble, without something happening. It just doesn't exist. It's just built into this life. But there is a thing called uh, and I love Minister Nelson. He brought this out many times ago. There is a thing called unnecessary suffering, unnecessary trouble that we can bring upon ourselves. We can borrow trouble that does not belong to us simply because we open the door and we let the enemy in. In other words, we can say uh, we've taken ourselves from under the covering of God and now we find ourselves vulnerable to the attacks of the devil, to the satanic attacks that are there, to the demonic realm, simply because we've come out from under the covering of God. Now, the covering of God has been given to us through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the glory that I receive from the Father, I give to you. That's the covering. He's given us a covering. We're under a divine covering and we have a new nature. Jesus said, one of the signs is they will lay hands on the sick, the believer. And we'll talk about the believer in a moment. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. That's when you want to poke your leg out there if you understand that. You will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. The word re or the prefix re means what? Again. They will be covered again. Hallelujah. They'll be covered again. When you, once you lay your hands upon them, once you make connection with them, those that are sick, the word sick can also be translated uh, to weak. Those that are weak or those that are sickly or those that are affirmed, something uh, or rather uh, something is, has gone wrong in their life. And the Lord said, you'll make connection with them through a touch. You'll make connection with them and they will be recovered, brought back under the covering of the mantle of Christ. So this means two things. One, if someone, that, that, if someone is sick and they are a member of the body of Christ, well, they will be recovered, brought back under the covering. If they are not born again, that's an opportunity for their sins also to be forgiven. Uh, because remember, sickness, uh, sin and sickness go together. And also forgiveness and healing go together. We learned that, right? So they will be recovered if they're not born again. If, you, if you're not born again, there's an opportunity uh, for you to be recovered by the presence of God. You say, well, they're not born again. How are they ever covered in the first place? Look back into the book of beginnings there in the book of Genesis. We see how Adam and Eve were covered by the presence of the Lord, by the presence of God. How do we know that? Well, we know that when Adam and Eve saw each other, they were naked and, and they were not ashamed until the moment that they partook of the forbidden fruit. And then the Bible says that they knew that they were naked. Why? Because what was covering them was then removed. And the first thing they did after that covering was removed, they sought out new covering by going to the fig leaves. They, they, they lost a covering. And so they strove or rather they, they, um, they were striving to find a new covering. Are you hearing? So they were trying to replace the covering. And so God saw the condition. They weren't, they weren't no longer uh, authorized to receive his glory. 
uh, as a covering. They gave that away. But that will be returned through Jesus Christ, right? Yes. So what did he do? He made them another covering. He gave them um, some animals, animal skin, animal skin to cover themselves. And that was the first sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood. That animal didn't do anything to Adam and Eve. That animal was, that animal was innocent. So the innocent died for the guilty. The covering, that, the, the skin that covered the innocent now covered the guilty. Somebody got to see that. The skin that covered that, in, that innocent animal, now his skin, the skin of that innocent animal, now wrapped the guilty. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His covering, his covering of righteousness and grace has now covered us. Jesus is perfectly and was perfectly and is perfectly innocent of all charges. There was no sin on him whatsoever. The innocent died for the guilty mankind. What was covering him now covers us. And when God looks at us, he does not see our sins he sees our covering. Well, what's covering us? Jesus Christ, his glory, the glory of the Lord now covers us. Hallelujah. His blood now covers us. So we're no longer seen as guilty. We're seen as innocent because the innocent died for the guilty that the guilty may become innocent. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? So in this way, Jesus made everything right again. God made everything right in his sight by giving his son to be the savior of the world. Hallelujah. So when you, born again a believer, who are, not, who are now in right standing with God, having upon the covering that the Father has for you, you go and you lay your hands upon them, they will recover. In other words, there's an opportunity for them to come back under the covering that God has prepared for them. That is so awesome. So this is one of the signs that Jesus has given to us as believers. This is one of the signs. Of course, the very first sign here, we'll go here just for a minute. The very first sign is that they will cast out devils. Cast out devils or demons. They will cast out. In other words, Jesus said, I have given you sovereign authority. You as a believer, and we'll talk about what that means in a minute. You as a believer, Jesus said, I've given you sovereign authority. Now, why is it important that we, that the very first thing in the list of signs be cast out devils? Because again, we go back to the book of Genesis and we see how the enemy, how Satan used the serpent. The serpent there was not the devil, but the serpent was used of the devil. We understand that. And so uh, how the serpent convinced Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve gave gave over basically the keys to the earth realm to the devil. And the Bible declares that the devil now is the is the is the one that is the prince of this world, the God of this world. He has the authority of this world system of this world system. He, he is not the owner. God, the father, is still the owner. But the lease, if you will, the lease is held by the enemy or was held by the enemy. Are you hearing me? It was held by the enemy until Jesus Christ came along. The first Adam, uh, the first Adam gave it away, but the last Adam recovered it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the enemy, the devil is truly defeated. 
the demons and all that are truly defeated. Jesus Christ has done the work. It is complete. They are defeated foes. And they know that they are defeated, but they're still trying to rise up from time and time, from time to time, and trying to use authority that they no longer have. And so one of the very first signs is Jesus said, I give you authority over that army. I give you authority. And in the book of Luke, I believe Luke, the 10th chapter, Jesus says, I give behold, I given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we're going out to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, going out to share this word with the world. Well, what word is that? The word that Jesus Christ has indeed arisen, that he is alive forevermore. The word that your sins have been forgiven. That's the word. Your sins have been forgiven and that God now uh, wants to be called your God and your father. But you have to receive him. You have to receive him. It is so. The work has already been done. Jesus is not going to go back on the cross once again and be killed all over again or give his life, should I say, all over again and be raised up all over again. No, the work is already completed. Salvation is already complete. Your healing, as a matter of fact, we know is already complete. Healing is already done. Remember, we read already uh, there in First uh, Peter, the second chapter, how by his stripes or by his wounds, you were healed. The work has already been accomplished. It has already been done. So now we're going forth into the world, proclaiming the gospel message of Jesus Christ, that people are forgiven, uh, that they can receive forgiveness of their sins, that the burdens can be removed, and that God is no longer angry with them. He's not hating on them, but he wants them to come home. Hallelujah. He wants them to come back home. And so that's the gospel message. And so when the Lord sends us out, he sends us out with tokens of authentication. And that's what this is talking about. He sends us out with tokens of authentication. Uh, to uh, make sure that the world knows that you are one of his. And so one of these is, first thing is, he gives you power over the adversary, power over that opposing force. The first thing. The second thing he gives you power over, uh, uh, rather, he says that you'll also um, speak with new tongues. Now the word tongues there um, talks about languages, talks about languages. Some have supposed to say, well, you will speak new tongues. This talks about speaking in the Holy Ghost. Well, maybe this, I'm sure that this is a part of it, but the new languages here, the word new meaning never heard before, never existed before. If it's new, it's new, new. That's different between a new car and a used car or an older car. It's something that maybe you say you put new parts on it, but even if you put new parts, brand new parts on it, it's still not brand new. It may look like a new paint job, new rims and all that stuff, and new parts, but it's still not new. It may have new parts, but it's still an old car with new things on it. No, when he says new, he means new, brand new. You'll have a brand new language. In other words, you'll have a brand new speech. This brand new speech will identify those that are following him. Now, we're not talking about um, just, uh, as some say, a, a Christianese language. You know, um, you know, hallelujah, I'm blessed and, and divinely favored. Hallelujah, how you doing? I'm blessed. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. No, 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 no. This is the language of the redeemed. This is a language that says, I have been forgiven. I have been healed. I am blood washed. This is something that comes from the inside because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And remember, it is uh, your whole life is changed in the direction of your speech. 
If you say I am doom and gloom, I'll never have anything. I'll never get have any, never have anything. I'll never go anywhere. I'll never have any money. Your whole life will flow in that direction because your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. James tells us it's like the rudder of a ship, and it will move your ship wherever it needs to go. Move your life wherever it needs to go. So one of the things that Jesus gives you is a new language. It's a new direction. It's a new focus. It's a new path, and it comes right there. It's of course, it starts in your heart and it manifests out of your mouth. He said, I'll give you power and authority over the enemy, number one. And number two, I'll change the course of your life through your speech. I hope that you understand that. I'll change the course of your life through your speech. So if you say, if you say, I am born again, I'm born again, but I'm still cussing, I'm still this and that and the other, then I would tell you that you've not had the born again experience. You, you may know of Jesus, but I'll ask the question, does Jesus know you? Because one of the signs is that you will have a new language. You'll have new speech. I'm not saying you're going to be saying hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God all the time. But there is a speech change. There is a language change. Hallelujah. There's something that will take place in your mouth. God will change your mouth. Are you hearing? There's a new way of talking uh, that he gives you. Now, all these things are supernatural. These things are supernatural. Hallelujah. These are one of the signs. And another sign that the Lord said that, that uh, uh, he would give us, he said, and these two are together. I want you to see the verse number 18. He says, and uh, they shall take up serpents. Notice this. He says, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, these two are coupled together. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, they shall not hurt them. These are power gifts, some more of those power gifts. First of all, he says, I'll give you power over the things that are uh, confronting you. I'll give you power over the opposing forces. Devil, get out. Then he said, I'm going to change your speech. Now he says that you'll take up serpents, and, uh, and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. Now, these are conditional, what I call conditional miracles or conditional signs, because not every day are you going to see a snake in front of you. This can mean a literal snake in front of you. Hallelujah. If this is the case, if you are preaching, now all of these are signs of those that go forth and preach the gospel. This is why these signs are present. The Lord Jesus said he was working with them and signs follow. Signs follow the word that they were preaching. These signs will follow those that are proclaiming the word of God, that are proclaiming the gospel, not only in speech, but also in lifestyle. Hallelujah. You can proclaim the gospel even louder by the way that you live. One man said, uh, what, you, uh, what you do is so loud, I can barely hear a word that you are saying. What you're doing is so loud, I can barely hear a word that you're saying. You've heard people, and you've heard the expression, you, why are you talking out of both sides of your mouth? Why are you talking out of your neck or some kind of expression that people say? In other words, they're saying one thing, but their actions are doing something else. You can preach a whole message or a whole sermon without saying one word. 
When a mother goes home and she takes care of her children, she's preaching the gospel. When a father goes out and he provides for his family, he is preaching the gospel. Uh, when, when a husband loves his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, he is preaching the gospel. When a wife uh, honors and respects her husband just as the church honors and respects Christ, uh, she is preaching the gospel. As we're doing what God calls us to do, we are preaching. Preaching the gospel is more than just picking up a Bible and shoving it into someone's face. Because remember, even the devil knows scripture. Even the devil knows scripture. Just because you can quote scripture does not mean that you know Christ. It's about living. It's about the life that you live. Hallelujah. The life that you live also preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as you are preaching, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, walking in integrity before God, as you're doing that, these signs are following you. Who's following me? These signs following you. So as you go about your daily life, when an obstacle comes in your way, you say, this thing is demonic. What's going on here? Jesus said, hey, I've given you power over it. One of the first signs, the first sign is I give you power to cast out devils. These obstacles that are in your way. Now, this is uh, this is uh, particularly important to every head of household. Because the enemy will try to come in your house and bring all kind of mess in your house, in your business, in the ministry. This is extremely important. And then, of course, he said, I will change your language. And then he gives you um, uh, these I call these conditional miracles here. Uh, you will take up serpents. Now, there may be uh, a, a literal snake, a, a snake slithering around. Well, you'll have power over it to take it and, and deal with it. Or there may be someone with a snake's tongue. It's always saying something, snapping and and wanting to put the venom that's in his mouth into you, wanting to bite you, constantly bite you. God said, you'll take him up and it basically and it shall not hurt you. Notice it said, look at it. He said, and they shall take verse 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. The last phrase, it shall not hurt them, applies to the serpent and the drinking of the deadly thing. That's what the conjunctive word and is for there. He said, so you'll be able to handle the serpent. It shall not hurt you. And if you drink any deadly thing, now that does not mean, let me go ahead. God said it's not going to hurt me. So uh, let's bring a snake to church. You and that snake going to be gone. You and that snake not coming in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? No, that's conditional. If I'm out somewhere, I'm preaching the gospel, there's something in front of me, and it's confronting me, and I have to deal with it. Hallelujah. Sometimes God give you the grace to say, he'll give you the grace to get on out of it. Hallelujah. But if it's confronting me, we can deal with it. Hallelujah. Well, this is a sign I can do it. No, we don't tempt God. Hallelujah. You don't test God. Hallelujah. By the same token, say, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Well, hey, let's go drink some Clorox. Well, hmm, that's, I can't tell you the French word I'm thinking about right now. Don't tempt God with that. These are things possibly that are, that are unaware. Hallelujah. They're unaware. Well, I'm going to drink it. God said, I'm going to drink it. No, no, no. These are conditional things that will happen. The special grace that God will give you to overcome these situations. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go looking for a snake. I'm not going to go looking for some poison. What's wrong? Are we hearing me? Are you hearing? By the same token, I'm not going to go looking for some demon to cast out. 
But if it's in my path, we're going to deal with you. Are you hearing? Glory to God. But look now, and so it says, uh, uh, and then it says, and here again, the, the, another sign, sign or mark of, uh, mark of demarcation, if you will, another distinguishing feature. He said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are the things that will follow those that believe. Are you hearing? Are you a believer of Jesus Christ? Now, let's, let's look at this word believe just for a moment. There are three words, and then we're going to close out for today. I had so much more to give you. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost because he lets me know, all right, son, go ahead and begin to land the plane now. He lets me know. He lets me know I follow his instruction. Hallelujah. So there are three words for the word believe. I want you to see uh, that, that occurs here in Mark 16. The first word for believe is what we I typically think of, and uh, it is the uh, Greek word, pistuo. I love that, it's kind of like you're eating, what are you eating, pistu, pistu? You eating pistu? Okay, good. Oh, really? What are you eating, pistu? Oh, okay, yeah. So this Greek word is pistuo. That's how you pronounce that, pistuo. And it means, now this is, uh, this is a current action. It means to think to be true to be persuaded of, place confidence in. So you say that you are a believer. He said these signs will follow them that believe. And the word believe here is uh, pisuo. Are you hearing me? And the word pisuo means again to uh, have confidence in, place confidence in. You say I place my confidence and trust in Jesus. I place my confidence and trust in him. Now, let's go ahead and do another experiment so that we can see some things. So, I need another uh, volunteer. All right, come on up here, uh, volunteer. Praise God. So, they're coming on up in Jesus' name. And we're going we're gonna to do another experiment with somebody. All right. Oh, thank you, James. Come on up. There you go. He's coming up to, to help us. The word believe here means to, again, this is the Greek word, pistuo, pistuo, which means to, uh, to think to be true, to think to be true. It means to be persuaded of, to place confidence in, all right? Now, in a moment, I'll ask James, does he have this? Here's a little, for those of you that are just listening and not watching, there is a, a little stool there. And I'm about to ask James to sit down on this stool, okay? But what he does not know is that I have secretly taken out the screws of one of the legs, and it is very shaky. And when he puts his weight on it, it's probably going to fall, all right? So, here we go. James, would you uh, sit on this stool? Don't worry, it will hold you up. I'm sure it will hold you up. Now, if he believes what I said, he will have confidence. So the word pisu, um, pistuo uh, means, again, uh, to have confidence in the place of rather it means to, to think to be true, uh, to be persuaded of, uh, to be confident in. So, James, are you confident in the words that are coming out of my mouth? Huh? No. No, you're not confident in the words? In the words, do you think what I'm saying is true? No. All right. So because of that, he does not believe me. So because he does not believe, he's, gonna, he's not going to sit down on that bench. Right? I think he overheard me tell you that I had taken some screws out. 
And because he overheard me uh, saying that, he no longer thinks that this stool can hold the weight up, right? So his belief, his actions rather, his actions will follow his beliefs. Because he believes that he won't hold them up, he's not gonna sit on it. He doesn't wanna be embarrassed. Although that would be quite funny, James. Okay, yeah, that would be quite funny. All right, so because he doesn't believe it, he won't sit. But what if I said to him, James, I was just teasing everybody. We were just, just teasing. Uh, I did not actually remove any screws, and this stool is fit to be sat on. Do you think this to be true now? He's thinking. He's thinking. He doesn't know. If he thinks this to be true, are you persuaded? Have I persuaded you that this is true? Yes. He's, has persu- he's been persuaded. Okay, well, James, have your seat. Hold on, let me get behind you first. <laughs> he is now persuaded. And because he's persuaded, he has put all of his weight. He's relying on the stool now to hold him up. And it is holding him up just fine. Give the Lord a hand of praise for him. Thank you, James, so much for that demonstration. Hallelujah. Yes, he has been. He allowed himself to be persuaded. He allowed himself to be pistuo. Are you hearing me? And because he allowed it, he was tired and he sat down in the he sat down, he sat down on the stool and he held him up. He could rest. He rested. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to rest. Rest in what he has provided, but you have to put your confidence in it because the world will tell you, a uh, man will tell you, you know, the news will tell you, oh, there's nothing to this Jesus thing and Jesus freak and this and that and the other. And they say, there's a couple of screws out of that. It's not going to hold you up. It's not going to hold you up. You better do your own thing. You better do your own thing. You better do your own thing. But Jesus said, you can trust in this. You can depend upon this. You can lean upon this. You can rely on this. What I've said to you is true. You can trust in my word. Have a seat. Rest. Rest, rest, but some people won't choose to rest. They'll choose to make it their own way. Are you hearing? So again, the Lord says here in verse number 17, and these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow those that are resting in the Lord, that are leaning on, that are relying on Christ that have been these that have been persuaded that the gospel is true, that Jesus is true. And their life reflects that, hallelujah. Their life reflects that, their speech reflects that. And because they're resting in the Lord, because they believe this to be true, because they've been persuaded of it, signs are following. Make sense? I think it's making a whole lot of sense. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm understanding this a whole lot better myself. Now, notice what it says here. As it goes back up, we talked about a lot of believing. And verse 11 says that uh, they didn't believe uh, what they, what uh, the, they didn't believe, the disciples didn't believe what Mary told them and the Lord Jesus appeared to two other people and didn't believe them either. Now these, uh, the next two definitions are the bad ones. Bad ones as we begin to close. The next two words for the word believe are um, apisteo. Apisteo and the next is apistea. Apisteo, apistea. Now, apisteo means to betray a trust. Now, this is big. To betray a trust, be unfaithful, to have no faith, disbelieve. That's apisteo. Apisteo means 
It really, it's the condition, apisteia is the condition of being unfaithful, or rather it's the condition of unfaithfulness. Condition of unfaithfulness. You're in that state. Apisteo can be something that is momentary. Can be something that's momentary. You don't believe her right now, but you can be persuaded. But when someone is hard-hearted, remember the Lord Jesus came to them and um, he abraded them because of their unbelief, their unbelief and their hardness of heart. The word unbelief there is uh, apisteia. They're, they were temporarily unbelieving here. It can be they temporarily unbelieving. They were weak in faith and the hardness of heart, they just refused to believe that he was arisen. They just refused to believe it. They heard it from Mary and then they heard it from the other two apostles that came and said, hey, he's, he's, he's alive, but they refused to hear it. They refused to listen. Now, now, I want you, now that you've seen that, I want you to see again in verse number 15, and we're closing. Verse 15 says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, the, the word, uh, that the, lettering, the lettering T-H on the end of believe there uh, denotes a continual action. He that believeth, or he that is pisuo, who, he that has, uh, thinks to be true, place confidence in the gospel, well, that person's going to be saved. But he that believeth not, now believeth not there, uh, the word believeth not, that's the word uh, apisteia. Apisteia means he that is unfaithful, or unfaithfulness with the word. Okay, let's, let's stop here. Let me show you what I'm talking about. When Mary came to the disciples, they heard the word, they cast it away. They were unfaithful with it. By the same token, the two came to um, the residue of the disciples. The, other, the two uh, disciples that saw them or the two apostles that saw Jesus came back and told the group. They cast that word aside. They didn't believe that either. They were unfaithful with the word that had been given to them. You and I have been given the commission, if you're born of God, you and I have been given the commission to tell man about what Jesus has done, to preach the gospel. And he said, signs will follow. Those that are faithful to his word, hear it, believe it, put it in action. He said, they'll be saved. But those who take it and just, okay, disregard it. Those who take it and just disregard it. Okay, I don't want to hear anything about that. Those that are unfaithful to his word, faithless to his word, Jesus said, those will be damned or those will be doomed because you cannot be faithful with something or you cannot be judged as unfaithful with something unless you've been given it. You can't say that I've been unfaithful with your checking account if I've never had your checking account. Right? You say, I'm unfaithful, but I had to have had it in my hand or at least something like it to be called unfaithful. So they had the gospel. They will hear the gospel preached. Some will believe and lean upon it and rely on it and say, yes, this is so, this is true. And Jesus said, you'll be saved. Why? Because they're then under the covering that God has provided. They are recovered. But those that believe not, in other words, those who refuse to believe, those who refuse to believe it, who, who are unfaithful with the word that is given unto them, there's no chance of them being recovered because they rejected the one, they rejected the one word that would recover them. Does that make sense?
So we've been given that commission, and part of that commission is that these signs follow. And, he, and here we are in the healing, healing message, and I'm telling you today that as you proclaim the gospel in your lifestyle and proclaim the gospel in word, signs will follow. Expect it to follow. If signs aren't following, go back and make sure that you have believed, that you have placed your confidence in Jesus Christ. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done today. Lord, I pray that your people uh, will... We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.